In the world of recruiting, some people have seen it all. They built recruiting teams from the ground up, hired hundreds of people in the best companies in the world, developed their expertise year after year. I'm Robin Choi, and I'm on a mission to collect their learnings. These are their stories. Hello, everyone. I'm here today with Jan Texé, the famous author. So Jan, you're mostly famous for your book, The Full Stack Recruiter, and your LinkedIn activity as well. You post a lot on LinkedIn, share a lot of very interesting content, and you're obviously a recruiter with tons of experience. And today we'll be talking about generative AI and how to use it in recruiting because you have a lot of opinions on how to use it, how not to use it. So that's the topic we'll be covering today. So that was a very short introduction. Uh, what did I miss? What do you want to add about your background and your and your experience? Oh, Robin, first of all, thanks for having me. And what I would like to add, well, probably nothing. You know, I wrote a book or several books. Uh, I love to share my knowledge with job seekers, with recruiters. So I'm blogging a lot, uh, as you also mentioned, uh, the LinkedIn activity, sometimes spamming. So I'm trying to also share my knowledge on LinkedIn or so anywhere else. So that's probably that's probably it. You're definitely not spamming on LinkedIn. And, uh, <laughs> some people are spamming and you're not. Thank you. I can guarantee this. So I would recommend everybody to follow Jan on, on LinkedIn because that's high quality content. So about spamming on LinkedIn, we, we've seen a lot of content recently for recruiters on how to use AI. And sometimes the advice is very bad. Um, sometimes people will give you like bad advice on how to write prompts, how to do stuff, uh, where AI can be useful. What are the most common errors that you've seen from people starting playing with generative AI? And what are some tips and tricks that you recommend people do Yeah, to start with? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, yeah, I believe, you know, the AI and ChatGPT uh, is a really amazing tool. Uh, it's something that will help us in the future and it's already helping us. I'm basically saving 12 hours every week. And my goal is to get uh, or save like 24 hours. So I've got like extra day there. What I'm seeing as a, as a main issue is that uh, there is so much content right now uh, and lots of those content is written by ChatGPT. And I'm again, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm all using ChatGPT to fix my grammar, fix my fluency of my post. Uh, so I'm definitely not going to point the finger and say, hey, I'm just the guy who's writing everything by him. Uh, I'm trying, but of course, ChatGPT is there and saving me lots of time and also money for editors and proofreaders because it could help me uh, with that for sure. But what I'm seeing is that people are trying to post their tips or even their thoughts about some topics. And a few days ago, I saw the post when some person shared some tips and the post was generated by AI. Uh, clearly, lots of emojis, numbering and everything. Clearly, AI, I tested through several tools, also AI content. Again, not a problem at all. The problem is that people are sharing things they really do not understand. So the recommendation that the person gave to the audience uh, was shared with, I don't know how many people they've got, like, let's say 10,000 people. But their advice was not their advice. It was the advice given by AI. And it was faulty advice because the advice that the person was sharing or creating through AI was creating the, in the way that they used the prompts. But if they don't understand those topics and that, that specific topic, then they create the topic, uh, they create the prompt in the way that, hey, hey uh, ChatGPT, 
write me a LinkedIn post about, let's say, I don't know, ChatGPT prompts, and it will generate any content. If the content is accurate, it really doesn't matter because ChatGPT is a perfect liar sometimes. So what I'm seeing is that people are generating and using uh, ChatGPT in the way to generate content, but they really do not understand the content. And that what makes me kind of scary that what we're going to see is we are going to see so many content out there on LinkedIn or everywhere, but people really don't understand what they are sharing. So they can they are just posting things to be posted, not to educate others. But it just, you know, they just want to look smart. And again, we're going to see it everywhere. <laughs> and it's uh, basically something that, that is happening. But being an influencer or trying to one is, of course, everyone can be influencer in these days, but creating good quality content or quality content that educate others, not just to give you the likes, I believe it's something way more beneficial. So that's what I'm seeing in these days uh, that people are using ChatGPT to generate the content, not create the content that brings the quality to people. And uh, that's, I believe, that's the main issue that we are seeing and will be seeing in the future for sure. There's just more noise, like more average bus, more. Yesterday, I did a webinar on um, on generative AI. Then uh, basically ask me anything so people could ask questions. One of the questions was, is it true that recruiters don't reply to job seekers who send resumes generated by AI? Uh, and my answer to this was, recruiters don't reply to bad resumes. So if, if the resume is generated by AI, but it's a bad resume, they, they won't reply. If the resume is a good resume generated by AI, they will reply. And it's the same for LinkedIn posts. It's the same for outreach messages. Yesterday, I also received an outreach message that was clearly written by ChatGPT or any generative AI. It was like seven paragraphs. It was like, what the, what the heck is this? And it was super uh, verbose. There was lots of words, very lots of noise and very few signal. And it was like, there's no way I'm answering to this. So yeah, I would agree that um, you need to remember about the substance itself and use ChatGPT generative AI to make things shorter, not longer, and to generate fewer content, fewer messages, fewer posts, fewer uh, whatever, but just more quality, spend more time, use this time saved, like those 14 hours or 24 <laughs> hours every week to just do the same amount of content, but higher quality. So I would, I would agree with you on this. And as you mentioned, there is so much noise that people are starting using really absurd uh, hooks like kids are generating $20,000 per month. Uh, you are also missing that star with these tools or uh, I don't know. There are so many, I, 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 my, oh my God, it's like incredible, silly hooks that people are using and and i kind of help myself i always go and just ask those people hey can you give me the names of those kids and teenagers and toddlers or what kind of i don't know things they are using and yeah. they ignore those comments of course they uh respond and basically the one that i you know believe that make at least makes them some sense with theirs they at least reply with the note like hey yeah that was a hook Fair enough. I know it was hook. They admit it. I have no beef with them. And of course, there are people who just block me because there was a, I believe there was a Bridget Hyacinth. Uh, she found probably some content somewhere with 700 
thousand likes. She just cropped, uh, removed the person from, from the, the picture, reshared just the quote, put it on her LinkedIn, put the agree. And when I called her out and like, hey, why are you not giving the credits to, to this person? She basically blocked me. So uh, this is also how you can create the content without, uh, <laughs> without any need uh, to use ChatGPT. And the fun part is, the guy who created the post with, I don't know, it was something like managers are blessing. The entire post was created by ChatGPT. So humans stealing from humans, generating ChatGPT. It's crazy. You basically have the tool that can create your unique uh, content. But what you're going to do is you are going to steal the content that was created by AI. And so many people... That post is very popular because like 700,000, so everyone trying to participate on that, right? So they stole the content, recreated it. There are some people who, and I go through those probably like 500 posts, and I see that people are using the same content, but they shoot their own uh, photo with the same quote. Uh, so it was about them. And I even saw one guy Photoshop his head to the body of that person and steal it. I was like, oh my God, I thought that I saw everything, but people are doing crazy stuff just to get the visibility on LinkedIn. And it's incredible. So everybody's both trying to be unique in some ways and to stand out and to get that visibility, yet everybody's doing the same thing. Um, be it on, and again, that's on LinkedIn, that's on outreach messages, that's on job descriptions and job postings. Um, it's it, it can be so it, it used to be that people just copy and pasted stuff like I, I would just go copy and paste my competitors uh, job posting use it or copy and paste the LinkedIn post use it no it's that people use generative AI but it's back to some elaborate kind of uh, copy and paste yet generative AI can be used to really differentiate and really be unique how to do this what's your advice on how to use generative AI or even copy and paste it in some ways to be more unique and not just blend in the uh, in the mass. Well, it depends on the prompts, definitely how you structure the prompts. Uh, but the the issue lies somewhere else because if you take you know everyone is talking about AI right now, everyone is expert, everyone is kind of spending. They spent like three months with uh, ChatGPT and now they are running their I don't know webinars, selling courses, selling books, but. You know, I saw some of those things or many of those things and basically it's the same thing, copy somewhere else, but they do not understand even how to make those prompts. So understanding the prompts is the first differential show because there are eight things that I believe you need to pay attention to when you're creating prompts. First of all, you need to, uh, you know, there are some prompts for a resume. You mentioned the resume uh, that are created by AI. There are so many prompts on the internet that are starting act as a resume writer, create and, and craft the resume for, and you will add the, I don't know, job title, right? Like developer or uh, accountant. And that's it. That's the entire prompt. I spend way more time and I create the prompts for job seekers that are, uh, and those prompts are for free. So I can download it and see the difference. I spend way more time to create those and, and craft those because you need to be specific and you need to you need to customize those prompts for your own uh, usage and your specific case. So when you define, uh, the first step is basically define the chat GPT roles. Of course, it could be act as a resume writer. 
That's the first step. But you need to provide the content and context um, here. So you need to provide what you are trying to achieve. And that's where so many people basically stop. It's like act as a resume writer and write a resume or write a resume about, I don't know, accountant with five years. But you also need to state a task or question, basically add some things that you need to do. You also need to set, that's the, let's say, four step here, set constraint and limitation. So basically tell ChatGPT, don't add any emojis, don't add uh, things that make me sound silly or don't you know, set any constraint limitation. It's it's also something that many people make it professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people are missing those things. And you also need to add, if you want to create a really good prompt, you also need to offer some additional guidance or give examples. That's something that is also important. And when you mentioned that being a unique is, uh, everyone is using the, the, the default tone you have the tone, you can be more dramatic, you can be uh, more, uh, I don't know, funny, you can be more professional, you can be whatever. There are so many tones that you can use. But people are also not using tones properly because they are not using them at all in most cases. And uh, one of the things that you also mentioned uh, that you received, it was probably like eight paragraphs or seven paragraphs or something like that you mentioned before, um, long message. So including the length of the response, like give me three paragraphs, could help you a ton. Because if you have answer or, or message that is on four paragraphs or three paragraphs only, you will the ChatGPT will create the content in the way that you will still share your primary message, but not within eight paragraphs, but only within three paragraphs. And one of the things that people are really missing is you need to clear and concise language so without any typos without any grammar issues so when i creating my prompt and i spending lots of time with the prompt the first thing i'm doing is not ask ChatGPT to follow that but fix the grammar fluency and everything of that prompt because if i do that i will get way better answer and way better results and there is also one thing that people Probably, you know, if I'm going to use the perfect hook, 99% of all people who are using ChatGPT are <laughs> using it incorrectly. And I will tell you why and how, etc. So people are not using double quotes because if you start using double quotes, you are basically emphasizing important words or those phrases by enclosing them in the quotes so you can help uh, guide AI uh, or their uh, it responds uh, what is important for you. So when you, for example, trying to emphasize uh, that this part is important, you will, use, you will need to use double quotes. And that's the one thing that many people really don't understand. And I saw so many trainings and books or ebooks, and it's like, hey, ChatGPT, write me an ebook, prepare the course, write a book, about how to be a recruiter uh, or use the prompts in the sourcing recruitment, etc. And oh my God, it's you can you can cheat the way that something is going to create something instead of you if you do not understand. It's like me writing a book about I don't know astrophysics. I will I can publish it for sure, but probably how those things will be not relevant 
so that's the reason why I believe if you want to be unique, start understanding those problems and try to be creative in a little bit different way. Because if you start creating different content, you will stop using the same templates as everybody else. If you go on LinkedIn, there are people are using print screens from Twitter. But it's not a Twitter communication. At the end, they have a template that everyone is using. It's a black background with the white uh, text. And uh, when they see that some, let's say, influencer is using it, they just go and copy it. The same goes with uh, AI guy. There, there is a guy who is basically using AI guy if you cook, uh, in the headline. If you go search for the same phrase on LinkedIn, you will probably find like 50, 60, 70 people they also have the into their headline, they have AI guy. So are you unique? Probably not, because everyone is AI guy right now. So I'm checking it right now. I get 72 results on the AI guy. So so it's even worse than, than, than I checked like a week or two weeks ago, and it was around 50. So now it's 70, and it'll be way more. So how you can be unique in the world when everyone is trying to copy somebody else? But for example, if you change the uh, uh, not became a AI guy, but uh, you will share something. The other AI guy or the second most influence uh, or second most favorite AI guy in the world. Or, you know, don't take yourself so seriously. If you would like to uh, be, be a bit unique, try to make the fun, try to change the things. Every, if everyone is using a black background, then start using the purple one or <laughs> something else. Uh, to to make uh, make yourself unique, but, and and you know if you want to differentiate yourself, try to create better quality content because there is very low competition there. So many people are using ChatGPT content just to get likes, and yes, you can get thousand likes, uh, but you would like to be known for what content that you didn't create. I don't know. He. And back to back to books as well. I, I find it interesting because everything that we say applies to LinkedIn content, and then again, uh, job postings, outreach messages to candidates, outreach messages to prospective clients, and so yeah, books. I was checking; there is a hundred and thirty million books, published books in the world, and there is two million more every year. Two million more. Um, so if you write a book. And it's just a book that's generated by AI. There is there is no free lunch. You're just writing yet another book with the very very few insights. So if you do write a book, if you do write an outreach message, if you do write a LinkedIn post, just make sure that it's actually adding value. It is just not yet another of these 130 million books in the world or or 130 billions LinkedIn posts. Just make sure it's different. That's a good one. It's kind of funny because, you know, I spent roughly around a year and a half or two years to finish the book. I So far, I've got probably six other books drafted uh, because I'm writing for years and I'm spending so much time, you know, and switching between the books so I can get a different perspective. And I know that there are people who are basically copy-pasting, generating books like every year, four or five books, no problem. But, and again, that's their thing. I absolutely uh, agree that, you know, they can do whatever they want. But being unique is bringing also different perspectives to the books. 
And AI can give you those different perspectives in the way like, hey, it will change the the content, it will change uh, the, the phrasing, of course. But you can also ask AI, hey, I wrote this chapter. Can you give me the different perspective on that? And there are also plugins that can do that. And you can enrich your book if you provide your own experience and also the different perspective that AI can bring. And I spoke with one of my friends um, like a week ago about the books, and he mentioned, I'm going to buy only two types of books. The books I need to be better in my job and books that are sharing stories. And AI can also share fake stories for sure. But if you would like to create something like really good and something that will bring the value, you need to share the story that, or, or your, your personal experience. And that will differentiate the, the book author or article writers from those who are just go and click, just generate me the content. Because at some point, you will be reading the same articles because those people will be probably using the same browse. They will be copy-pasting from those LinkedIn posts of 10 best chat GPT prompts for article writers or from those Instagram posts, etc. So that's why I believe if you'd like to be unique, you really, really, really need to understand how to write different prompts. And that will help you to differentiate yourself for years. Okay. So at least try to differentiate, use all the tools not to not to blend in the other 130 million books again, but try to differentiate yourself. When we prepare this uh, this episode, we, we talked a lot about the risks because there is no so much noise that is starting. And I feel it myself. Like you go on LinkedIn and you feel like you're missing out on everything. And you're like, okay, um, everybody seems more advanced than me. I'll be losing my job. My company will be failing uh, because everybody's more advanced. Because every time there's this slightly bit of innovation, the, the people will go on LinkedIn or on Twitter and say, like, again, the kids are making $24,000 per day using AI, you're missing out. And you're like, okay, if kids can do it, why can't I do it myself? So what's your advice on how to stay sane in this environment? Yeah, basically how to protect your own mental health from FOMO, from all this noise. Well, it's definitely hard because I'm in the same position as everyone else. Like, you know, there is a new tool and I have a tendency, oh, I want to try it. There is a tool that is generating, uh, for example, videos from just text. I was like, oh my God, I also would like to try it. And what I believe is that there will be always someone smarter than you. Every single time there are 8 billion people on this planet. So there will there is a chance that there will be thousands of people smarter than you, faster than you, people who can bring your idea on the market way faster. But if you're going to follow every single trend, you will lose the focus. If you would like to be better in something, focus on one thing. And again, I'm going to repeat myself, and I'm sorry for that, learn prompts. Because if you learn those prompts, you will master those tools way faster than, than someone who is jumping from one tool to the other. What I'm doing on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, they have an option to bookmark, put things into bookmark, right? So to protect myself, I'm just go and check bookmark, save the post, the video, for the time that I will have more time to review, check. 
I will never ever going to check 95% of all those things and I'm not sure about it. But I protect myself because I don't want to, you know, disrupt my focus just to jumping from one thing to another because uh, it will not going to help me. And next week there will be 10 other tools that will be mentioned somewhere and people will be using. So I'm trying to be really super selective and I already know that I will not be able to compete with so many people who are basically spending the entire day just to research the AI tools and prepare, yeah, I don't know, the list of tools that are playing with those tools. But understanding those prompts and understanding how AI is working is helping me to find the things that can help me or finding tools that can help me with my life. So I've got various uh, Chrome plugins tools that help me to fix the grammar. Uh, so I'm basically write the comment, click, fix the grammar, post the comment, or write the, the LinkedIn post, fix the grammar, tone, put it out there, and that's it. And that's something that is beneficial to me because chasing every single thing, and especially in AI that has like thousand tools every month, it will go crazy. So that will be my recommendation. Save those posts that you like or think they are interesting and forget. <laughs> That's probably the best advice I can give. There is a, an author that I like a lot. It's uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb. He writes a lot about like that noise and how to uh, find the right information, how to make decisions. Uh, one piece of advice that he gives is read. So it is always a bit extreme. That's also something to like about him, but it's, it's very contrarian. And he says, read nothing from the past 100 years. And basically what he's saying is saying, if a book is more than 100 years and it's still here and people still talk about it, it means that it survived 100 years and it's, a, it's a, probably a good book or it's more likely to be a good book than the book that went out last year and that, will, that might disappear. So the advice here that I'm reading is also... Obviously, nothing is uh, is about generative AI in more than 100 years. So you won't learn anything about generative AI in more than 100 years. And and to some extent, actually, you could look at things that happened during the Industrial Revolution, for instance, or these learnings can still be applied to um, generative AI. For instance, I went recently to the area where there was the gold rush in California. And you can see that... This happened lots of times, like 200 years ago, almost 200 years ago. And still, lots of the learnings can still be applicable to generative AI or uh, blockchain and stuff. So basically, learn things that will stay the long term. Learn the philosophy behind prompting, like what's happening behind the scenes. Learn how those models work. And don't just jump from one thing to the other and just move to from auto GPT to baby GPT to people GPT to recruiter GPT to whatever. Try to understand the underlying foundations, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Plus, you need to accept that some people will be earning thousands, millions on that, and you don't because you are not spending the entire day or week and month and then year on that. That's not your primary job. Plus, uh, you don't want to cheat people with hey toddlers are generating one hundred thousand dollars per month on jet gpt or auto jet gpt you can do uh, you can too if you follow this no 
those things are not going to work. But if you, you know, so so if you do not have any morals, then you will be generating probably way more money than 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 right now. But I don't like people with those hooks. Of course, I'm using some hooks to get the attention on my LinkedIn posts as anyone else. I helping my customers use various hooks to get the attention of or their LinkedIn posts. And of course, if they want to use those hooks, like gets the $100,000, that's their decision. But I personally do not like those uh, hooks because I consider this a cheating. But as you mentioned at the beginning, there is so much noise. So finding the way how to gather the attention uh, to your posts is harder than before because everyone is trying to be unique, but they are the same. And so that's why people are stealing their like posts from they are generating by, by AI because they would like to sound smarter. They would like to be influencers, but you can you can be an influencer if your content is basically copy paste. That's something that well, probably you can be. I don't know. Maybe I'm living in a different world right now. So, <laughs> and if you if you if you are feeling a fear of missing out, then just read about the gold rush and uh, how many people. So I think it was like hundreds of thousands of people mo who moved to California in the 1848 to 1845 or something like this. Most of these people didn't make money, and most of them were lured by kids or doing. I'm sure at that time there was uh, there were ads. Kids are, are making $24,000 per day uh, mining gold in yeah. California. Go join them. It's, it's, the, it's the greed in our... It's basically the entire human mankind history. We are driven by fear that we're going to miss something, but we also uh, drive by greed. And as anyone else, I also jump on the... Because of my, you know I'm also kind of greedy as like every single other person in the world. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make money on crypto. So currently I'm 97% minus with my, <laughs> with my investment, minus 97% than before I start. So that was the best learning experience I ever got in my life. So, and that's that basically helping for years that when I see that people are like, oh my God, I'm also going to start doing this and doing that. I was like, yeah, sure. Feel free to do it. I would like to have my normal life that I'm not going to stress out or going to die with a heart attack. So just go follow whatever you want, but I will not going to do. I already lost money on crypto and I'm not going to repeat my experience. Uh, and uh, I don't care about the money. That part, yes, it was painful, but I lost time. And you can always get and find and earn money somewhere else. But losing the time was the most uh, painful experience for me because I will never ever going to get that back. And that's the same with AI tools. I don't want to lose the time. I will just wait when people will burn their time. They will find out which tool is the best. I will read an article about it. Do my evaluation between two and three tools. Pick the one that is going to work for me. And it took me like 50 minutes, not year, not I don't know, month and a half. So there is another good quote from Jeff Bezos, the uh, Amazon CEO, who said, I frequently get the question, what's going to change in the next 10 years? 
And I actually try and focus on what's not going to change in the next 10 years because I want to build a business on what's not going to change. And it's basically saying that people will always want low prices. They always want fast delivery. They always want uh, like a vast selection. They always want a good experience. And that's the same for AI. What will AI change? What will change with AI is interesting, but also what's even more interesting, it was not going to change with AI. And people will want valuable content. Candidate will want personal and relevant outreach messages and good job description that explain what the job does and this will not change with AI. That makes me think of a LinkedIn post and it will be a, a new one, original. And you, when you also mention Amazon, then uh, when you take Apple, Apple is basically not creating completely new, different market. They usually wait for several years and then they enter with something that is super, super cool, unique, and basically solving all those problems. And that's probably the, the best approach right here, right? You don't need to chase anything. You don't need to chase all the hype because you will cause yourself burnout like like within a week because chasing something that is constantly changing every single day and time, I don't I don't think this is this is worth it. And when you mentioned LinkedIn outreach, I saw the LinkedIn outreach uh, AI. And it makes me wonder, if you would like to be unique, then start learning how to write those messages. Yeah, a good message. And without AI, why? Because I try to, I try those uh, outreach tools and oh my God, if I'm a candidate and get that message, I will be like, hell no. And imagine that you have thousand recruiters and the 999 will be using AI, any AI tools, they will be like, click, generate personal, send it out, that's it. And you will have one person who will use AI to draft it, customize it, make it a little bit different, and use that template because they know how to use those prompts to get the perfect message. That person will be the hiring superstar, not those 999 people who will be just clicking and relying on prompts that somebody else uh, created but they have like zero clue uh, how to uh, make secret outreach message. Uh, so it will be it will be interesting thing in the future to see. That's probably the best lesson from our discussion today. Thanks a lot, Jan, for sharing this, and we'll keep on following you. You're also writing a new book, so we'll check this out, and we'll follow you on LinkedIn to learn more about this. Thanks, Jan. Thanks for the invitation. See you. Hey there, this is Robert. Most of our listeners come from word of mouth. So thanks a lot for your support. And if you enjoy the players, please keep on sharing it with your team and friends. Stay tuned for the next episode. And if you can't wait, follow me on LinkedIn for more content on recruiting. Talk to you next week.